Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode 650 of my podcast, the home intelligent rambling right here on the Talk Show Network, and one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Russell Hale. <laughs> we have a terrific show lined up for you today as we're marching on into March, and boy, March is just a super busy month for me. I don't know why all these studios want to make <laughs> releases on the same date. But Celebi, and I will do my best to give you as much coverage as I can on the show today. I have so much to talk about. We don't really have much news or preamble to talk about, although uh, usually I, I talk about things at the end of the show, what's coming up. But I did want to mention this news off the bat. Uh, I did get a contact from the lovely folks at uh, Sony Pictures Home Entertainment and nice folks at Taro. And I have put in, I have submitted my request for a review copy of Spider-Man No Way Home. So I'm hoping, even though I didn't really want to see it in the theater, hoping to get a copy of that in the next few weeks. And and uh, as well, uh, hopefully, uh, maybe even interview some of the cast and crew. That would be super cool. And if I can, man, I'm, I'm bringing it to the show because that's what I love to do. And a little, a little bit of show news to start. Uh, after over a year and almost a half of trying... And, and just being patient and just waiting, the, the, there is very good sign, Ramblers, that hopefully by the time, uh, not too soon, and watch my Twitter for this, and I'll, I'll let you all know on Twitter, I'll give you the end of the show, that, that this show's gaming level may be stepping up a notch in the very, very near future. So... If, if you've been wondering about why I don't talk about certain things and, and stuff, then <laughs> that that hopefully will be answered soon. I don't know how soon at the time of this recording. I'm hoping by the time you this airs, I will have a better answer. And, and if, answer. And if you just as I said, keep watching my Twitter, when will arise, when I hope you're arriving soon, I will tweet it right up and y'all will know. So <laughs> check an eye on that. What's on today's show? Well, we're going to continue, you know, the catching up to good old Yellowstone. A while back, I, of course, I was sent the Yellowstone seasons one to three, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. And I finally got around to watching the very uh, last season of that set, season three. So that will be on the review for you as well. And the reason I kind of hurried that up is because that goes into what's been happening on the uh, future episode of the show. But we'll get into that. So more adventures of the Dutton family 
And then we go from this family in danger to another family in danger, but this time we're going way back in time on a Blu-ray, courtesy of Universal Home Entertainment, with the movie Belfast, uh, which was directed by Kenneth Branagh. And yeah, that. And then we go from uh, war-torn Northern Ireland in the 60s to sort of present day for the sixth and final chapter of Supergirl on uh, Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. So the, the maiden of might takes her final flight, and we'll talk about that in this show. And I have a lot to say about that last season. That's all coming up on this episode of Ramble with Russell. So keep listening and lots of talk, lots of exciting things coming up. More news even. I just teased you a bit at the end of the show. So keep listening for that. So going to take a quick musical interlude. Right, the first review of the program. show and DVD review post episode is Yellowstone season three courtesy of Fairmont Home Entertainment. Now this course this is part of these Yellowstone seasons one to three set that I got back a while back. It, it's such a big show I had to kind of dissect this season by season and really give it justice and of course the reason I kind of had to speed up on this is because season four is on its way very very soon actually sometime this month so we're gonna keep on marching through seasons because there is a lot to digest in each season <laughs> so in season three we kind of pick up at the end of season two where you know um that poor little kid tate lord almighty he goes through just an awful time so you have them kind of dealing with that uh, of course the end of season two the duttons have their own way of dealing with the people that were against them so that gets dealt with. <laughs> and, and you know, and that's kind of, in, in very much season three is a reset point, at least at the start for the Duttons. Because, uh, you know, Monica and Casey, they, you know, they had a lot of problems season two. <laughs> and they kind of, you know, make mends and fences in season three, which is great to see. And, and throughout these past two seasons, Beth has been just, you know, hinting that she really hates Jamie, right? And we're all, like, going, like, why do you hate him so much? And in season three, we get some flashbacks, and boy, boy, do we find out why she hates him. And when you see this scene, Ramblers, I'm telling you, no wonder she doesn't like him. Jeez. And, and it's... And you, in some ways, you feel sorry for him because you think, well, what kind is, you know, he was kind of forced into making a decision. You know, he did it for the best of the family. But the consequences are just, mm. and and that's And that's something that I think, now that we get the story behind it, that's going to ripple into season four. Also, Beth and Rip, their, their romance, if you will, takes a, a nice turn to it. And, and Jamie, he becomes, he finds out something later in the season that, that really distances him away from the family. And that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out in season four. Also, a majority of season three, the, the cast and crew are in like a second camp, kind of moving cattle. So they're not really on the, the ranch, per se. Uh, we also get more adventures of Jimmy and Rodeoin. And and you get introduced in season three to a character named Tater. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm saying that right. Tater. T e t e t. T w a t e r. 
was <laughs> this female character that's really out of there. And, and you know, we had some girlfriends kind of show up, so it's all that kind of stuff. And and the main villain uh, in in season three uh, is, is is this character called Rourke, and and he he and a bunch of other people want to just build an airport on the land, and they just want to kick you know Yellowstone Ranch, bye bye, and you know that's just not gonna sit well <laughs> with the Dutton family. So you have. That you know, that's kind of your main villain, and and the guy who plays him was a really pleasant surprise to me. I haven't seen this actor in quite some time, and it was like, dang, that that's cool to see him in another show. And the actor playing this character is Josh Holloway. Now, of course, you're saying, Josh Holloway, where have I seen this smarmy guy before? And of course, I best remember him from being unlost. I thought, you know, he was really good in that show and plays a somewhat similar kind of smarmy guy, although he's really not <laughs> much, uh, you know, there's there's shades of Sawyer there, but eh, uh, not so much. And since Lost, of course, he was in the TV show Intelligence. He was in Colony. Uh, he was in the show, uh, did a couple of episodes of Blackout. And I guess he's going to be a new show called uh, Dester. So this man is not for lack of work uh, when it comes to that. And him and him and Beth were really kind of, you know, sparring kind of verbal dueling going on, which is funny, interesting to see, because not a lot of people can go toe to toe with Beth when it comes to fighting. Um, also, and yeah, so you have that going on. That, they're kind of he's kind of the main villain. We also meet the native equivalent of Beth, uh, who and, and in this season both the natives and the Duttons kind of have to form a bit of an alliance here because this you know this group is wants to take the land from them both. So you know they kind of have to the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of deal. So that happens and the season ends, Lord Mighty. In such a big cliffhanger. I'm telling you, I am so glad, you know, I didn't have to wait months and months and months and months and months from from season three to four to find out what happens. Because at the end of season three, and you know, Ramblers, I don't give things away too much. So at the end of season three, you not only have one of the main characters in, in peril. No, 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 no. You have four of the main characters in this show they end the episode, the season finale, in a way you're like, dang, I don't know who's going to make it to the next season. And that's, that's why I love that shows do this now. Television, in my lifetime alone, has changed so much. It really amazes me. And, and one of the biggest changes in, this ep in the last season finale of this show really reflects it, is that there was a time, you know, when television first started out, you're going back to the days of, you know, Gunsmoke and Bonanza, where you always knew nothing was really bad going to happen to the Cartwrights, right? You know, it was like maybe guest stars of the episode. You know, they, they were never safe. But, the, you know, the, the, the Cartwrights, you know, Ma, uh, Pa and his, his boys, they were never really in any serious jeopardy, right? They were like, oh, maybe they could die. <laughs> that, that really, I don't think that really was in TV back then, you know? They, they kind of shied away from it. And then as we, you know, hit the late 70s, early 80s, 
television producers really started to experiment with this. And the two big ones that stand out to me, and and excuse me for not knowing the order, uh, the two biggest ones was were the season finale of ep, uh, season seven, series finale of, of season seven of Magnum P.I. Now, I'm going to talk about this because Lord Mighty People, it's been a few decades, so if you haven't watched Magnum, the original one, you should. But I'm going to say this now, and I, I'm sorry if I spoil it for you, but it's the time has passed, and I want to make my point. <laughs> At the end of season seven in, in, in Magnum P.I., the producers got this, you know, they're feeling gutsy, and they said, how about, since it's the series finale, how about we kill off Thomas Magnum? Now, I haven't watched that episode in Donkey's Ages. It's in storage somewhere right now. I can't even get to it easily, sadly. It's on my list of things I need to get to, and I get things out of storage. Uh, but, but, so they did this, and this is NBC. They did this, and the outrage of fans they were so mad at NBC for killing them off after seven seasons that that the outrage was there so bad that the network brought the show back for a shortened eighth season and had to find a way to write him alive again. And again, I haven't I haven't seen the seventh finale and the eighth premiere. Uh, I I remember the eighth premiere starting with like a voiceover because Magnum always loved voiceovers. Somewhere in the clouds, uh, kind of thing. So I, I forget how they fixed it. So they tried back then; it backfired badly, and, they, and NBC kind of left it alone. Then another network uh, who had Dynast or Dallas—I think I'm not forget which one it was. It might have been CBS. They, of course, experienced back in the day with killing off Jr., one of the main big characters in that show. Killing him off. And there was a big, who killed JR? Blah, 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 blah. And I guess people were so mad that they got rid of him that they got out of it. And again, this show is so dang old, people. I'm sorry. You know, spoilers, but come on. Um, they got out of it by making all those old episodes that all this occurred as a dream sequence by Bobby Ewing. So he just retconned it. He's like, come out of a shower. Oh, it's such a dream. And then they just reset the show again. <laughs> and so, you know, all those times, the networks were like, ah, maybe we should not do this. And so network shows, for the longest time, left that alone, right? If a character left, you know, they'd maybe, like, write him out, or they'd, they'd, they'd then die. They'd just leave the show so they could bring him back in again, right? Duke's a hazard, prime example. Of uh, they wrote Bo and Luke out, <laughs> ratings plummeted in the show with with Corey Corey and Vance, and they wrote him back in again and got a couple more seasons out of that show. <laughs> so, so that happened, and it wasn't really until I would say the, the advent of cable television, especially HBO, and you know maybe like the early you know, late '90s, early 2000s shows like Lost. Um, where, where the network said, you know what? You may think your favorite character is safe. You may think a main lead is safe in a show, but they're not. <laughs> and, and ever since then, especially with cable shows, cause they, you know, they can go that 
little extra mile that network has still restrictions on. There's just sometimes nobody's really safe anymore. <laughs> you know, there's there's always that potential for somebody to go. And, you know, and, and come the time of the 1990s too, you know, as that was happening, you had a lot of characters which you didn't really see much before then, except for Chuck from Happy Days. That's a whole other story. A, a lot of characters that were like there for like the first season of a show and then they bumped them off and the show kept going and 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 and, and that character poor you know sadly only had like one or two seasons probably examples of that would be Doyle and Angel and poor poor old Rainbow Sun Franks Lieutenant Ford in Stargate Atlantis who I actually interviewed on the show many 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 years ago on the Libsyn site where I'll mention that end of the show where you can check out that interview from one of my old convention coverages. So, <laughs> so that, that's when really things started to change. And nowadays, especially anything, you know, uh, cable-y or network-y or not broadcast, or even broadcast, you just don't know. Uh, a, a lot of shows, and this is not just, you know, it's like worldwide, leads are never safe. You know, it, it's, and, and and this season finale really emphasized it was like dang and I I was so glad I, I, I you know the nice folks at Paramount Home Entertainment sent me the Blu-ray of season 4 of Yellowstone to check out and I had to watch <laughs> the first episode of 4 to go okay how do you write yourself out of this hole and, and they did it in a really good way I'm not going to go too much details into it that's for the season 4 review We'll talk about that then, but it it, it was because um, I've only watched first season. I'm only gonna watch the first. Not gonna get deep into it. I want to get this one done first, <laughs> uh, out of my head, and and it was really well. I I saw how they did a nice little time <laughs> delay uh, with that. So that is that. So a really fun season. I, you get a lot more in the characters. The music in this show is phenomenal. Even the country music. I don't mind so much. That's saying it. And and the soundtrack, the theme song to this day, the do 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 is one of those soundtracks. It is not skippable. Okay? Is to me, some you know, shows are like, ah, that's skippable, right? You know, it's like three seconds and done. This show, hands down, I'll say it every season. Love the, the theme song for the show. The only thing it's missing is when you flash up the name of the person and you have like a little portrait or something come up. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. Four extras, just like the f two previous seasons. I, you know, I don't know, maybe because it's just a Paramount Plus show or whatever, but uh, kudos to them for the extras in these seasons because everyone just continues to impress me. Not only do you get uh behind-the-scenes featurette for every episode of this show, which is awesome, uh, which is behind the story. You also get uh, working, uh, the working Yellowstone, the director's view of it, uh, Stephen K. You get working Yellowstone, the SF, SF special effects supervisor, Gary Elmendorf. And you get inside Yellowstone, uh, the Yellowstone season three. So that's a lot of, oh, that's where they take a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and kind of amalgamate it into one big featurette. Although there is some, Newer stuff they talk about the filming of the season, and and they also have um, 
yeah, so that's meaner than evil, making of Yellowstone Season 3. And then they have inside Yellowstone Season 3 stories from the bunkhouse. And that, uh, the stories from the bunkhouse, it's really a fun segment. It, it Much like behind the scene, uh, behind the story, it, 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 it's these segments for each episode by three of the ranch hands uh, are basically hosting it. You have Jimmy and a couple of the other ones. And then this season, they would actually bring in, like, as a fourth member, other cast members to talk about. And it's very fun, very nicely edited kind of piece. The only thing, the only thing this is missing, no gag reel, which I guarantee from the show would be funny. Uh, no episode commentary, which, Lord, what is with TV shows? I just don't want to do it anymore. And no um, deleted scenes. And that's odd, in a way. Uh, as always, you're gonna ask, I, as I always say, Ray Russ, does it help to watch the first uh, the the first two seasons before you watch the third? Yeah, I mean, if there's a lot to digest in the show and you don't really get the significance of what happens to a lot of people unless you've watched the previous two seasons. <laughs> I really mean it. It's it's definitely worth the in, the time and investment to do so. And this three season set, if you're like. Man, you know, four is coming out. Uh, you know, I'd hunt down all three seasons. It would be a bit of a pain. This is a good one. It's going to look odd on your shelf because you're going to have this big honking DVD of three of them. And if you have the Blu-ray, it's next to the tiny Blu-ray. <laughs> but it is what it is. So, so yeah, that's that. It, it is a fun show. I, I'll say this each and every season. It's one of the best work I've seen Kevin Costner do in ages. Uh, and, and, and he really gives a lot to this character and, and really is a highlight for me. I just, I, you know, totally enjoy his performance in this and, and all the other actors. I mean, the, the actress who plays Beth, she's phenomenal. What she has to go through. I mean, oh man, sometimes Beth reminds me of like Kelly from 90210. Cause uh, if you remember the original 90210, poor Kelly in the run of that show, she got shot, stabbed, and caught in a fire. And that's all I remember. <laughs> that woman, maybe even raped once. She she had so much go happen to her in their run on the show. It was like, woof. And Beth, she, she's in the running for like, how much can you do to one character in the show? Flarty. <laughs> How much more do they have to survive things? Uh, so, so that is that, and, and and really looking forward to 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 delving back in with more adventures in season four. So that is my take of Yellowstone, the complete third season part of the Yellowstone seasons one, two, three DVD set, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Dark and dark street to the bright side of the moon. We'll be lovers once again on the bright side of the moon. Little darling, come with me. Won't you help me share my love from the dark and dark? 
Right, we're reviewing first episode is Belfast, courtesy of Universal Home Entertainment. And this is the latest movie directed by good old Kenneth Branagh. That's movie was set back in Northern Ireland in the 1960s, where there was a huge war over, you know, what people believed and religion-wise in that region. And in, in this movie, which is primarily filmed in black and white, which is an, an interesting choice in comes to cinema. And what I like what Branagh did with this is he bridged the movie in black and white and color. So you had the first part of the movie and the end part of the movie is in color, so in modern-day Belfast. And then, for the most part, this the middle of the movie is in black and white. The only parts that are not in black and white are when the young character of, of Wee Buddy goes to the cinema. And when he goes to the cinema, anything on the screen is in color. And I like how that's done, because it shows like the vibrance of the movie, and, and it has a real impact after watching something in black and white for a very long time. And and so it's basically that this kid's kind of his perspective in a way uh, and, and the conflict that was going on between these neighborhoods. Also in the movie, uh, you have D Dame, Dame Judy Dent as his granny. And, and Judy Dent Dench is almost not recognizable in in this movie as, as, a, as an Irish grand. It's the... The makeup they did on her to age her and what she uses, it's amazing. She truly is like a chameleon like Johnny Depp. And it really works well in this one. They have a really good supporting cast when it comes to this movie. Um, we, we buddy. <laughs> His mother is played by uh, Trina Balfe uh, as, as Ma. And, and, and she is just a really strong kind of independent woman. And this little kid that plays Buddy, right? Jude Hill. He is, is a good little actor. I tell you, he might have a future in it when it comes to that. And it's very much a story of, of the times and and like a snapshot of, of life, what it was back then. It's a nice story. The music in this movie is fantastic. This is one of these movies that I would actually go and try to find the soundtrack for it because a good chunk of the music is done by the great musician Van Morrison, who actually was born in Ireland. Born in Ireland. And, and uh, you know, it's like, you know, bright side of the road. And I, his music is just so vibrant. And the soundtrack selection for this film is really good. And it, it really helps convey the mode and the, and, the, and the atmosphere, which was that city in that time period. And, and you know, the quotes for this are Best Picture of the Year, No Doubt, by Deadline, Peter Hammond. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I'd say it, it is one of the uh, more, this is definitely something that, that could be Academy nominated, just because of the, the acting involved in it. You don't get a lot of extras of this. You do get an alternative ending featuring Kenneth Branagh, which, you know, I'm glad they left it out, because it it, it shows... I mean, I, I liked how the movie was bookmarked by just footage, you know, beautiful color footage of modern day Belfast. It by putting in the 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 alternative ending with Kenneth Branagh in it acting, it I don't know, it, it takes away the nice kind of bookendness of the movie. I it because it's just I think it's better the way they left it. That way all the acting is kept in the past 
and we don't have any like any people present day. I know it sounds weird, but you just you let me know, Ramblers. You also have a cry of stories and making of Belfast, a city of stories and making of Belfast. This is a very short little feature, only like nine minutes long. You get uh, every Wednesday inner child, which is very actors and actresses, you know, um, same with their favorite kind of kid stuff. Where one of them mentions Meccano. I loved Meccano. Meccano was cool. I think you can still buy it today. And and the one thing that this one does have, even though it's free light and extras, you do have commentary with director Kenneth Branagh and the writer. And it's, and it's nice to hear from a director. As I've said many times, Ramblers, one of my biggest complaints about a lot of extras is the lack of filmmaker commentary. So many big-name actors, directors don't want to do commentary anymore. It's usually the indie directors, right, that do the commentary. And it's nice to see that Kenneth Branagh did it for this movie. And I, I forget if he did commentary on the first Thor movie. But it's nice to hear him talk about it and really kind of fleshes out the extras on the set. Overall, you know, if you feel like a touch of Ireland <laughs> and, and you want some kind of insight into that period history. This is a great movie. And I said, the soundtrack is just phenomenal and and it is worth, uh, checking out for, you know, a nice little, um, good piece of drama, drama and, and a slice of life of what it was like for those people back in the day. So that is my take of Belfast on the Blu-ray courtesy of the great folks at universal home entertainment.
show on blu-ray review for this episode is supergirl the sixth and final season courtesy of warner brothers home entertainment warner brothers home entertainment sent me a copy of this blu-ray to review on the program the opinions they express are my own as i said this is the sixth and final season of the uh, girl of steel or maiden of might or whatever you want to say it and and it's it's funny with with this sixth season i literally and now it says much about the show I literally had to go back and watch like the last few episodes of season five before I could watch any more of season six. So they started season six and I'm going, I don't remember the, where the plot is five and where the characters are. And it was really confusing. And I had to kind of, you know, get catch myself up because of COVID a lot. And, and just like the, the flash from that you know, kind of suffered from the same thing from that season. The the ending of season five really didn't have a proper ending. So the beginning of season six for Supergirl is almost like, okay, the first episode is the two. This is how five should have ended. So we finish the storyline here. And then the rest of the season is probably how they wanted it to go. So in the start of the season, you get the... the um, Wrap up, if you will, of Leviathan and and that storyline, and then the rest of the season is you 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 basically have um you you have the consequences of of Kara getting rescued, and and the good old Phantom Zone makes another appearance. Gotta love the Phantom Zone, and you also have the 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 DOA has problems. And this forces the the heroes of this world to to uh, form their own little not a watchtower, but they call it a tower in National City. So that they get their own little special headquarters there. Uh, Alex gets gets her own kind of superhero identity because she, you know she needs something. So she becomes Sentinel, and all her thing is is John Jones gives her the special Martian gun. That can do whatever she thinks. Like it's like a morphing gun, really. <laughs> and so she becomes Sentinel. And <laughs> I, I'm gonna call this out now, right? Alex's costume in Sentinel. Uh, I then this goes back to the early days. I know this is CW and superhero shows. <laughs> this goes back to some of the early episodes of Smallville where they thought that if you just give a character a lot of heavy mascara and cover their face, you know, just a little eye makeup or put some makeup on the eyes, that, that is an adequate disguise. And a hood, right? Nobody can tell you who I wear the hood on. And, and they did this 
They did this for Black Canary back in Smallville. You watch it. The longest time, that was her, <laughs> her, her disguise look. Heavy mascara eyes. <laughs> and then I think eventually she got a mask. Thankfully. And, and then when, when the Arrow started, well, when Oliver Queen, for the first little first season or two, he didn't have a domino mask. He just had heavy makeup and a hood. <laughs> oh, man. And so, so in Supergirl, they carry on the tradition, and, it, and all it, it succeeds doing is making Alex butchier than, than ever. In, in this season. And in this season, man, they double down on Alex. They're saying, yeah, yeah, you know, we really want to emphasize the lesbianism with her. We just really want to push that she's the guy in the relationship. And 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 Kelly um, Olsen, Jimmy's sister, she's more the feminine one. And especially near the end of the season, boy, did they make that very clear. And, 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 and Alex's hair goes through this weird metamorphosis where sometimes it's kind of short, and then it's like super butchy short, and then it grows out a little bit, and then it goes butchy short again, and like, okay. <laughs> and she has this line. Boy, it's near the end of the season where, where a creature's attacking her <laughs> and she says to the creature, I did not give consent for you to touch me. Oh, okay. That's a rich one. Oh, okay. So, so people attacking you have to get your consent to beat you up. Oh, no, if, if the creature got it, your consent to beat you up. That's perfectly fine to smack you across the room, but because that was not expressly uh, expressed by a creature who doesn't even speak English, that that that's a problem. Okay, and this is where sometimes Supergirl gets a little wokey. Okay, next to Batwoman, Supergirl is one of the wokiest shows on TV. And, and it didn't start off that way. I'm going to tell you, folks. You look at the early seasons of her. It was kind of there, but oh, this end, and and it's not. And there's one point in this season where um, where where um, where Kelly Olsen, right? Uh, and she becomes a hero. She becomes guardian. She assumes Jimmy's mantle. Of of Guardian, uh, at one point she she um, has a moment right where she experiences really bad racism. Okay, like just really nasty, and 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 this kind of brings out the 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 feeling of and, and her and Alex have a bit of an issue with this for a bit of of. Of of kind of um, black pride, which is nothing wrong with that, but she gets like she has that moment, and, and I think even Iris had it in the Flash, where it's like you don't know how I feel, you don't know how to be in my shoes. I'm feeling, uh, you are not my race, you can't understand what I'm feeling. Shut the blub up. I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. I know you want to help. Let me deal with this. Let me be moment in the show. 
And it's like, really? Really, do we have to go there? Do we have to keep, 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 keep doing this? So she has that, and, and you know, they overcome it. But it's just like, oh, man. Yes, I And the constant reminder that the world is crap. Yeah, yeah, Ramblers, I get it. The world's bad. Yeah, there's racism out there. I don't agree with it. I, I think it's... But do we have to be constantly reminded it's there? I watch entertainment to be entertained, Ramblers. I watch fiction to, to escape the world because the world's crazy and, and, and this is my escapism. I don't need to be reminded all the time it's bad. So that happens. And it's like... And then later on, uh, near the latter part of the season, Alex and Kelly uh, adopt a young girl. And it's the magic of TV. A uh, young alien girl who can mimic other people's powers. And, and, and so they're having difficulties with her. And then Kara says, Hey Alex, you know, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to help out. You know, I'm, I'm an alien girl. I came to earth, you know, I struggled with powers and I was very, very young, not as young as this kid, but still, and you know, I have a really good perspective I can give you here. Maybe try to help you out with this child. And Alex pulls a moment, pulls a moment in the show I, I hate when, when people do this with kids, all right? I, I hate when they pull this card. And keep in mind, Alex says this to poor Kara, who she's known her whole, you know, most of her life, right? Growing up as a kid. She does this to Kara, and I'm going, man, why? So, so the kid's having problems, and Kara says, you, know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm an alien, I can help. And Alex, instead of saying, thank you, Kara, thank you for offering your perspective, I'm sure, you know, th th it'd be great. Instead of doing that, she pulls this thing, and again, keep in mind, her and Kelly have just got this kid, right? They're, they're just brand new, and they're not even official parents yet. They gotta go for the whole waiting period, yada, yada, so they're just, you know, like guardians, right? And then she says to Kara, she says, you know what? Don't tell me what to do with my kid, right? I'm a mother. I know what's best for my kid, I don't care what you think. Don't tell me what to do about my child. Like, slaps her sister in the face mentally. And it's like, lady, you just got this kid. Is, is there some kind of magical thing that, 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 that comes some kind of parents anyway, that you know everything, you're omnipotent, and know everybody other's opinions matter, worth crap? Even if they do have, like, a valid one? This high and mighty stuff? And it's like... Man, and later, you know, Kara tries to bend the fence and say, you know, I'm sorry if I overstepped in my bounds. This is trying to help. And and Alex half, you know, apologizes to her for snapping at her because boy, she snapped. <laughs> but I've I've seen this before with with pe people with kids, and it's like, ah, oh, man, I hate it, man. It's like that. Why, why, because if I don't have kids, does my opinion automatically matter less than yours does? Why, why is my input garbage because I don't have a child and, and offers no insight to you? Oh, man, I, I felt so sorry for, for Kara, man. It's like, man, that was like out of left field and uncalled for, and, and, and it took... Kara to go to her to say sorry, step over, I might have overstepped my bounds, and not Alice coming to her first and say, sorry I snapped at you I know you are just trying to help and you did a valid point, 
No, it has to go the other way. It's like, man, <laughs> it's just, that kind of stuff. Oi, oi, I, I just, I, I, that, that triggered me a little bit because I, I've, I've encountered that before. People have done that to me before because I, you know, I'm not a dad right now, except for dogs and cats. Uh, so, but it would, it would be like me, the equivalent of somebody offering advice to, about one of my dogs and saying, and say they didn't own a dog or a cat and said, you've never been a pet owner. You don't know nothing. I'll deal with my dog where a cat where I want to do it. And your opinion is crap. No, I don't do that to somebody. Maybe somebody I knew a long time and it, it was a, you know, close family or friend. I wouldn't do that. It's like the same way that mother snapped to the kid in, in Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know, that same kind of like, hey, so <laughs> well, that's there. Maybe it won't bother you, but it bothered me. Um, so you have that. And then the rest of the season, um, then, so you have, so, so you have Kara escaping the Phantom Zone, slight spoiler, but hey, you know, if she, and they drag that out though. Holy moly, they, for a good chunk of this first part of the season, this being the final season of Supergirl, they drag out Kara being trapped away from her friends for a long time. And it's like, really? You're not just going to wrap this up quickly? So she comes back, and the fallout of her coming back is what constitutes the rest of the season where Mr. Mr. Mitzelplex, uh, a fellow imp, fifth-dimensional imp called Nixley, who's also trapped in the Phantom Zone, she kind of hitches a ride back and, and she is, 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 you know, has her own issues and ends up later teaming with Lex Luthor. And this ends up with a really big kind of fight and, and Lex Luthor actually falls for somebody, which is really weird. And, and so you have this big finale and, and this big battle and, and and Lex Luthor and her kind of get put aside. I I don't think we've seen the last of John Cryer, even though Super goes over as Lex. I I'm gonna bet dollars to donuts that that he will probably come back in Superman and Lois because he's just too good a villain to waste. And and technically they didn't kill him really on screen, <laughs> so. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens to John Cryer, uh, future going ahead in the Arrowverse. But I, I hope, I hope that's not the last we see of him because that was kind of a weird way to get rid of him. You know, it's kind of like it's convenient. Now, the other thing I want to talk about in this season, and this is a big one, Kara, I, I makes a decision at the end of the season. I don't want to say what it is because again, I don't spoil things, but she makes a decision partly pressured by somebody else in the show that I understand why she did it. I understand her reason for it and, and the logic behind it, <clears throat> but she makes this decision without consulting somebody else. And this decision could have a ripple effect on another character. But she doesn't make a phone call. She doesn't make a little text message to that person at all saying, oh, by the way, I'm thinking of doing this. <laughs> and I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's so weird. And, and it, it so ties into how 
Supergirl in another show, they don't really want to acknowledge people anymore, each other anymore much. And, and, you know, there's a reason why she was a certain way. And I, I don't know, you couldn't, you, you know, for her own mental health, I understand why she did it, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see her next appearance after this season finale is in an episode of this season of the flash. I will talk about that when that show gets released on, on, on home video right now at the time of this recording, the flash is still going through it's a eighth season. So I can't, I have no idea when it's going to hit home video. I haven't had an official announcement yet. More than likely whenever it's done, it's, season finale i'd say within a month or two look for that to hit home video maybe three we'll see so uh so that is when we'll see her next and and will she even mention that or will they pretend an episode of flash that that never happened we shall see also this season good old john diggle shows up uh and has an appearance and him showing up in this season and him showing up at another CW show this season really makes me question why Kara did what she did. Because it applies a shared universe with another show. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where they're going with this Diggle thing. They keep, keep, keep hinting that he may become a Green Lantern. But until he puts on the ring, until he puts on the suit of green and makes constructs, I'll believe it when I see it. But hopefully it's leading to something because it's such a buildup <clears throat> to this. So overall, do, do I like how Supergirl ended? No, not really. Uh, I, 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 it's just, it's one of those decisions that uh, I, I, I don't like the repercussions that it could imply for special features. And this, you know, uh, Ramblers, I just, the last few seasons of CW shows, I don't know what's going on. They just seem to be cutting back and cutting back and cutting back on extras. So all we get, all we get for the last season of Supergirl. And there to me should have been so much more is we get deleted scenes. Again, no commentary. <clears throat> and we get a nice 24-minute, just 24-minute featurette called Farewell Tribute to Supergirl. This is where most of the cast and crew, except for John Cryer, which is really weird, sit down around, sitting in, like, director's chairs, and for 24 minutes they reminisce about Supergirl and their time on Supergirl. <laughs> and it's, it's a fun little candid you know, somewhat candid, um, you know, back and forth banter between the characters. And for some reason, the character, the actor plays Brainiac still has his green face makeup on. It's like, what the heck? Why, why do you still have that? On? Why are you still wearing this for this segment? So that's that. It's, it's supposed to be unscripted, although they do show bloopers at the end of it, so it makes you wonder how much of these thoughts were their own and not written for them. Although, the banter, you can tell they're all they're all really friends. And when it comes to other uh, characters this season, as I said, they do, they do make that tower, and in the tower, they build these weird little shields for, like, 
little 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 plates in the wall as like a quick call button. And of all the characters besides the main core of Heroes is National City, the only other ones that have a plate are are the Flash and Batwoman. That's it. No Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> no, even though she knows some of them from that. Uh, and and no no um no 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 a uh, Superman symbol whatsoever. So that's really weird. Will those buttons ever get used to call any of the heroes? Who knows? We'll see what happens. Season eight uh, of the Flash. So that is that. Uh, also, the character of Dreamer, she gets a a really kind of a pretty good story arc this season because she's struggling, you know, to get a hold of her powers, and she's a big mom angst thing. She sort of kind of sells things with her sister and her relationship with Brainiac. Now. <laughs> There's something happens near the end, and and Brainiac. There's one moment it's like really tired working, and then there's a moment later on, and it undoes what a moment had before. And you're like, well, you know, if this was gonna happen, then why did you film this pit? What was that all about then? That was like all this modeling stuff for nothing. And the actions of a character seem really out of character for that character to do that, to seemingly have angst about something, and then episode or two later, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> TV logic. Overall, I, you know, if we're going to rate Supergirl as a whole, I mean, the show was fun in, in some ways that you had, you know, it was nice to see her on the show. I, I much preferred her with 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 the, with the skirt that was more kind of traditional Supergirl look. I understand why the actress didn't like it, and you know she preferred to have the pants. But I know it was just more of a traditional role, and and I liked the show was best when it wasn't Loki, when it wasn't trying to be an agenda show. Was this trying to be a superhero-y kind of show? Then it was good, <laughs> and. And and Lena, man, and this show, Lena Luther goes through so much, and they they super teased uh, a relationship maybe between her and 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 Kara and Lena, and that never really happened. Also, there's a character. There are characters in this season that don't make it to the end of the show, and one of them in particular. I was amazed it happened. I saw the scene coming up. I thought, nah, nah, nah. It's CW. This ain't Yellowstone. They're not. They're not gonna pull this kind of stuff. They're not gonna do that to that character. Anyone? Well, <laughs> they did, and that that surprised me. So you know, sometimes. But overall, I if you're judging Supergirl, I think that the earlier seasons were better. I think as the show came on, it became more and more of, oh, we have to push this agenda, we have to put that agenda, 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 agenda. And that's why I think a lot of it lost its focus and its audience and became more about trying to tell a message than just trying to tell an entertaining fiction story. And I think that's why, well, one of the reasons why it, it didn't get past six. The finale is fun fun in some ways. You do get some characters from previous seasons that come back into the show. So that's cute. And yeah, overall it's 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 a decent show, but 
I I think in a lot of ways it could be better. I think Melissa is terrific though as Supergirl, and I hope the rumors are true that I mean uh, that we'll see more of her. I don't. I get the impression of interviews that she's not. She's we will she'd be willing to come back to role at least as a guest star, you know, in in future projects. So we'll see how that goes. So that is my take of Supergirl, the sixth and final season on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope y'all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You're going to check me out on Twitter. I'm at Ramblin' Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back, and if you follow me, I will follow you on Twitter. That's the deal I always make with everybody. Of course, you can check out all new episodes right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm caller ID 18411, and if you're savvy no- listeners, you'll notice that the Talk Show page has had a bit of a makeover to it and which is kind of neat and it's also giving me a way to track things more like analytics and stuff which is cool i thank you for that so you know it's it, you'll notice a bit of a change that they, they've refreshed some things so but it's there you can also check out new episodes on spotify and google play and if you want to take another trip back to the past past and listen to some of my early shows including a lot of my convention coverage then go back to my original home internet, which is HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, rambling, Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G is in golf, dot com, or dot Libsyn, dot com. So rambling, Russ, dot Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, as November, dot com. That's my original home internet, where I have over six plus years of podcasting goodness going from 2006, probably 2013, then I became more regular here on Talk show. Of course, you can check out older episodes in iTunes under podcasts and in just like in new episodes on many other directories, podcast directories across the world wide web. So thank you for checking me out there. Coming up on the on the show for future episodes, man, March is just turning out to be a really busy month for me. So this week, not are you only going to have one show? I'm going to double dose it because there's a lot coming out. And I want to cover it all. So on the next episode, which is should air this week, even more content for you guys because you know it's just one of the, it's, everything's coming out this week. So I, I'll try to continue with my Yellowstone coverage and give you Yellowstone season four on Blu-ray this time from Paramount Home Entertainment, as well from nice folks at Warner Brothers. You, I'll give you my uh, Blu-ray 4K Blu-ray review of Matrix Resurrection the fourth Matrix movies. And from the nice folks at good old Warner Brothers, not only will I uh, give you the next episode or this month, my review of the 4K Blu-ray review of Matrix Resurrections, the fourth Matrix movie. Uh, also, the uh, Adventure Time Special Distant Lands on uh, Blu-ray, which is one of those shows I've always meant to kind of watch, but never got around to it, much like Rick and Morty. So that's coming up. And I still, in one of these days, will get you the, my Blu-ray review of King Richard from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment as well. From Paramount, uh, I, I did get a copy. Hopefully I'll get that in the next show of the sequel to Coming to America. Coming number two, America, the sequel starring Eddie Murphy on DVD. That's all coming up in a future episode of the show. Maybe the next episode. We'll see what I can do. 
One review I, I did want to mention before the show is over, and I, I meant to mention it before, but I skipped my mind. One of the other shows, like, this is like a bonus review for y'all, right? <laughs> Sometimes I'll do that. Uh, one of the shows that I did have a chance to check out uh, that, that just came, uh, just started airing recently, was the show Peacemaker, which I am really hoping it gets a home video release. Because... <laughs> You know, uh, we, I, I've talked about the new Suicide Squad and the show Ramblers, and I thought, you know what? John Cena is one of these actors that I've always said, if you just give him the right part, you make him avoid stupid kitty stuff like catching fire. You know, he could, he's not a bad actor sometimes. And 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 when they told me, when I found out that they are going to take the character as Peacemaker, which was pretty much of a douche in Suicide Squad, and try to give him his own show, I was like, how are you going to make this work? And in this this run, in these eight episodes, they really make him into a lovable douchebag. In this. Uh, it, it, they basically explain how he, sort of explain how he survived the end of Suicide Squad. And and he gets drafted into this this group uh, that that is, that is, you know made up of people who, who kind of betrayed Amanda Waller in Suicide Squad and now they have to look at his handler to to uh, to tackle the menace of of the group of called Butterflies. And when you watch the show, at first you're thinking, why the god is people butterflies? You'll get it as it goes along. <laughs> like even the first episode like I said, he's fighting in underwear. And that's takes some talent. And so I did watch the rest of the, the ones of the season. And and I got to say, for one, uh, the, the, the opening sequence with the dancing, the wigwam song is just not skippable. And and the music selection throughout this run of this first season was really good, man. I, I was constantly going, man, that's a good song. Man, that's a good song. And a lot of them are from like European bands from the 80s. And I was constantly looking them up. So you know, thank you, James Gunn. You really kind of introduced me to a lot of new music, and I, I love that in a TV show. Robert Patrick was terrific as his father in it, and I think the whole cast was at the right mixture of funny and sometimes a little bit crude. This is not a show for kids, even though it has comic booky people in it. It's not a show for kids at all. And and the way and the way it ended, I'm I'm really curious to see where they go with with the sequel in it. The character who plays Vigilante is really funny, and it and it's really a lot of character development. And and the the, the eagle eagle e, man, they they that that was so well done. I mean, you think oh, it didn't look like it was a CGI character. They really did well on those effects. <laughs> It's a funny, it's one of those shows that really made me laugh. And a lot of shows do that anymore. And it's like, dang. And so it was a really fun uh, thing. I, I think John Cena really needs to do more of this. More of these kind of roles. Take a chance a bit with, with you yourself and less kitty stuff. I think it will do well. I, I liked how the seventh season ended, or the eight, season eight ended. It really ended on a note like, okay. Where do we go from here? Because I'm really curious to see where they develop a, a second season because 
I know, it just had a good flow to it. It really was a, a fun show. So I'm um, looking forward to it hitting home video. Hopefully in the next few months. Lately, a lot of HBO Max stuff is actually hitting home video, which is terrific. Thank you, Warner, to see that it's not being just held on on the streaming service. And Disney, man, you could take a lesson from that when it comes to shows like The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Like, come on. Release the on video. So uh, th there's my quick take on the uh, TV show Peacemaker. And in my ongoing effort to bring reviews back to the show, courtesy of the nice folks at Tarot PR that I work with, and of course, IndyCan Entertainment Inc., I'm going to give you another nice interview and review combo this time. It is a brand new movie, which is opening up. Uh, its opening date will be in Toronto, starting March 11th. It is Woman in Car. Uh, and that is going to be starring Helen Joy, who, of course, is in the long-term love interest in Murdoch Mysteries. So that is coming up. And the synopsis is basically, it says, it basically says, so Anne seems to have it all, but when her stepson returns to Montreal with a beautiful young woman and develops an obsession with the stranger, she fears could destroy her privileged life. So this is basically, to me, uh, well, I haven't seen it yet, the... Sounds like premise of the the boyfriend's mother from hell, because there's been a lot of those, you know, over the years. There's been, you know, insert whatever from hell. Cujo was the dog from hell. Child's Play was the doll from hell. You can just tons of, you know, uh, Fatal Attraction was the mistress from hell. Rebecca De Mornay was the nanny from hell, and Hand Rocks the Cradle. Oh, so it's continuing that tradition. So hopefully I'll have that, uh, that not only review of the theatrical release of that movie, because they're nice enough to send me a screener link, but hopefully talk to some of the cast and crew of that movie. So keep watching, listening to the show, and that she'll be um, appearing very, very soon. That is it for me. I have talked enough today, and we'll catch you next time right here on Rambled Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.